welcome to a brand new series of 360 Degrees, the podcast from the University of Southampton's Development and Alumni Relations team with me, Emily Harrison. On this podcast, we get on fantastic guests from around our alumni community who share their stories about their time at Southampton and what they're doing now in their careers. For the first episode, to kick us off, we've got Yesh, who has gone from studying an MBA at Southampton to recently becoming a British Council Alumni Awards Global Finalist. He's on a mission to transform India's education sector as the founder of the country's first online-only school. It was so interesting chatting to Yesh, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Yash. Thank you so much for joining the podcast this week. Very excited to talk to you. Before we get dive in, can you start by introducing yourself to everybody listening? Thanks, Emily, for having me on this podcast. I'm uh, Yashwant Raj Parasma. I'm the co-founder and chief operating officer at 21K School, India's first and Asia's largest uh, online school in the K-12 space. I started my journey uh, at uh, Bangalore, born and brought up in Bangalore, uh, did my graduation at Bangalore University, went on to do my MBA in education management from University of Southampton. And uh, since the time I passed out, that's way back in 2007, I've been an entrepreneur in the education uh, space. Amazing. And there's so much we're going to talk about. But first, I'd just like to start with, you know, how did you choose Southampton? Why did you end up at Southampton? What was your time like as a student here? UK, studying in UK was one of the goals that we've been uh, nurtured right uh, uh, since our childhood. Uh, We've heard the success stories of great leaders from India, right from Mahatma Gandhi, Nehru, uh, Manmohan Singh and others who have all been educated in UK. University of Southampton was my first choice because that was the only university which offered MBA with a specialization in higher education management and school education management. And also they valued experience, unlike most of the other uh, universities. I could see that the processes, practices uh, were aligned with what I actually wanted to do. So definitely University of Southampton was the first choice. And also the education department, management department was highly ranked uh, among the UK universities and the world universities. And it became a perfect application for us to be processed and go ahead with the MBA with the University of Southampton. And how did you find studying in the UK? You know, obviously, like you've just said, it's something that you'd thought about for a long time. How did the reality of studying in the UK compare to your expectations? Oh, completely different. I would say uh, it is it is absolutely uh, very different. I think you hear a lot of stories, but it is nothing like what you could experience. I'm not sure even if today I can really describe that in words, uh, but it's been a fascinating experience for many reasons, right? I mean, uh, from the cultural context, from the educational experience, the kind of friends and network that you develop there, just seeping into that truly global atmosphere itself is amazing. Having students from over 40 countries to study in the same classroom and participate in discussions, evaluating all the case studies, I I think it's an enthralling uh, experience, something which I've never had in my past. Uh, I don't think I would have had such an experience in any other place in India as well. But what really influenced my thought and process which carry forward is, you know, the ability to think much wider, right, from a different global perspective. 
when you have students right from uh, far east like japan and then usa germany europe uk you are forced to think about you know the different cultural nuances that goes in terms of solving a particular problem when you're collaborating and working together and i think that dimension even today at 21k school has been super helpful uh, for me i mean just that appreciation of the global cultural context has been phenomenal at uh, southampton and did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur like were you always thinking of ideas and you know coming up with like business plans and stuff or was it something that happened quite unexpectedly oh no i, I mean i was working i started my career with uh, jing group of institutions in bangalore worked with them for 6 years in the education domain space throughout my study at uk that's where professor john taylor who was the head of the education uh, department uh, under whom i also did my dissertation he explained to me the concept of education management services something which was again not prevalent in india at all but it was again very popular in uh, the western world and i thought okay that's a great fit i mean with my experience and with my education at southampton i should be able to start uh, india's first education management services company in fact we have been the leading education management services company having completed over 75 projects in india in the last 12 years across the space of right from uh, early years education to university education and i don't think even till date nobody is really focused on providing that kind of an education management services across all the spaces in the education uh, field so the credit uh, should go to uh, professor john taylor and the university the ideas and discussions and uh, incidentally my uh, dissertation was on uh, lean management principles and when i first chose that topic uh, emily i mean everybody ruled it out i mean how can you apply something which is so popular in the production setup or manufacturing setup right into education and i did my project and was uh, amazed with the kind of work uh, with the uk universities were already doing around process management and systems and i was very particularly focused that i need to bring a very high system and data orientation into the education space in india and again that's been phenomenal experience for me to just look and understand how uh, principles of lean thinking waste management process database uh, uh, you know practices could be included in the education space so let's talk about 21k you've mentioned it briefly for anyone that's not already aware can you simply explain what is 21k 21k is a new age uh, digital first uh, school unlike most of the uh, k12 schools you would not find us uh, operating out of a campus so we have land building facilities labs classrooms uh, it's it's a completely online school which means that our entire team also operates uh, from home uh, virtually again from home and uh, currently we have about 7500 uh, students uh, studying from 72 different countries across indian american and uh, british uh, curriculum we offer both cambridge and the edexcel program for our students uh, we have students from 24 different nationalities uh, we have expanding quite rapidly uh, it's just a 3 year old uh, setup uh, me and my other co-founders have been using technology 
to improve the learning outcomes uh, at the K-12 space, which is so much more important, right? I mean, the 16 years of education, which is almost, I would say, about one-fifth of one's life, uh, they would spend in the school. And if that's not meaningful, if that's not impactful in terms of what it could uh, lead uh, to the rest of the life, then I think we are failing a society. We are failing this uh, kids and this generation. You know, I mean, Emily, I want to know, I mean, what? when do you think is uh, the child has the maximum potential when he's about four years old or when he's about 18 years old? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I think that you know, potential never ends. I think you've always got the ability to learn new things and try something different. And it's just about harnessing that, isn't it? That's right. And and as a school, right, as an educational institution, I think we need to just unleash this potential which the child is born with, the natural intelligence that he's uh, he's been born with, right? Unfortunately, with the rote learning practices, especially in some of the countries that I've seen in Africa, Asia, and other uh, parts of the developing countries, I, I think there's a phenomenal scope for changing the way the education is done. I mean, world around has changed, right? I mean, uh, from the time when I studied at uh, Southampton till today, I mean, it's been a significant change. You look at the banking sector uh, or, you know, the travel, you know, the economy, the shopping experience, the convenience, the local travel. I mean, everything around us has changed, including universities and higher education. But schools haven't changed at all. I mean, except for maybe the smart boards inside the classrooms, there's nothing predominantly which I see as something which has instrumentally changed in terms of transforming the learning experience of the school-going children. And this is what uh, that, you know, we have uh, set ourselves up. Uh, it's a phenomenal challenge because, you know, there are 1.4 billion students in the uh, schools across the world. And how can we improve the learning experience is what we are looking at at 21K School. So what's the age range of the students that are studying at 21K? So we have students right from early years till up to uh, uh, um, ES and A levels. Uh, the age group would be about uh, three years to 18 years. Uh, students, uh, because it's an online school, we just need a student with a device and an internet connection to plug in into our classes. You know, interestingly, uh, I've had uh, a student uh, who enrolled with us in the first year from China. The second year, she attended the classes from Germany. And the third year, she is in London. <laughs> the, parents the parents are completely working in a uh, you know in a global company where they have to continuously move uh, switch jobs or probably you know get assigned to different projects but for that child right that experience of a schooling hasn't changed irrespective of changing the three countries mm. now that's a phenomenal uh, thing for a large number of parents if you look of uh, uh, children with uh, disabilities with emotional traumas uh, people uh, who are always on the constant move and uh, people who think that the uh, physical schools are kind of a black box, right? But the parents would want to have a greater control, greater understanding of what happens uh, during that six, eight hours uh, the child spends in the school. I think we are transforming that entire experience for the K-12 uh, schools. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because obviously, like you've said, um, things have changed massively in, in the last few years. Um, particularly because of COVID, but obviously, you know, this is something that you started pre-COVID. So what was the thinking behind that? Because I think obviously with the pandemic, everything, you know, became online because we couldn't meet in person and schools and universities were having to move online as well. And so now that's something that I think is quite 
becoming quite a familiar experience for people but you sort of preempted that so how what was your thinking in terms of you know providing that online experience oh that's that's a great uh, thanks for asking that uh, question emily so how the 21k school started is that uh, when i was a consultant to set up a school in india which is a remote location uh, i mean the entire population of the city would be about maybe a lakh and you know the investors were willing to invest about millions of uh, dollars in terms of building the infrastructure and when we did a market survey we told them look i mean infrastructure we can build but it's not going to be easy to bring in the quality teachers that you expect uh, predominantly because of the location and no good teacher would be willing to leave a uh, metro city like maybe uh, mumbai bangalore or chennai and come and stay here or you know maybe initially one or two years they may want to come because of the higher salary but the continued presence of teachers is going to be difficult and i was fortunate that uh, the other three promoters who were building the school were all from the tech background uh, santosh dinesh and joshi and i had an inclination that you know these guys can actually help us if we come together bringing the education and technology together we can transform so i started discussing about the challenges and problems of uh, students in smaller town cities and santosh uh, the other co-founder uh, he has traveled extensively across the world uh, more than uh, 40 countries and i with my experience from university of southampton i had a good understanding of how the world uh, operates in the education uh, space so we looked at this and we saw that this problem is just not limited to probably the remote locations in india but this is a need across multiple countries and we had an established model in terms of couple of online schools in europe and majorly in uh, usa that's where we started building our entire model all this was much before the pandemic struck but uh, around january 2020 we kind of agreed to shelve this project saying that nobody is going to send their kids especially in early years as sitting at home attending the classes uh, <laughs> right i mean it was unimaginable thing and whomever we spoke right i mean they just wished uh, us out saying that you're crazy i mean who's going to do that so we were discouraged and we thought okay let's uh, shelve this and continue to focus on a physical school project but just 3 months later uh you know around march last week uh, the entire india and i think the uh, major part of the entire world all the 1.4 billion students were literally attending classes from their home on the laptop yeah some countries did phenomenally well some countries struggled with bringing the technology experience training the teachers and i think this really excited us and without doing wasting time further in market research and understanding we simply jumped in and launched our school in uh, june uh, 2020 wow. our first year we had about 250 students today we are 7000 students this is our third academic year there's a phenomenal case for online schooling today not just in india but i'm sure across the world yeah i think it's something that obviously you know i know there were some pitfalls initially like parents found homeschooling quite difficult in some cases but actually there's a there's a lot of good in it i think because it makes it so much more accessible like like you've said you've got students that have moved all around you know it doesn't matter where you are you can study from one from wherever you know people with disabilities might find it easier to study online in a lot of cases or with caring responsibilities i think it just opens it up so much wider to make education just so much more accessible so i just think that's such a fantastic thing how have you found you know 
like you said, you've done a, a lot of research before, but it was quite a short period of time for launching it. How have you found, you know, setting up a business in a pandemic and, you know, how has it evolved since then? See, again, uh, I mean, throughout our planning and launch phase, we used a concept uh, called as influence diagrams, which again, I learned it at uh, my MBA strategy classes at Southampton. Uh, it's a very powerful concept, not very popular. Not many people understand the uh, impact of that particular, uh, you know, practice. But the entire strategic perspective of using this and launching, because, you know, again, building the data, building the culture around it. I think a lot of nuances uh, that I have picked up for my MBA program was absolutely crucial. We were able to launch it because I think the concept was clear and the approach was absolutely clear in our minds. There was no two thoughts in terms of what needs to be done. I think even today, I mean, uh, you know, all of us at uh, today, we have almost about 750 people working from different parts of the world. And all of us are clear in terms of what is required to be done uh, to achieve our overall mission and uh, vision. I think that grounding is very important. A lot of people, uh, you know, come back and tell me, is it, uh, you know, the education in UK, did it really help you? And I said, absolutely. I mean, if I had not been to UK, did not study in the uh, University of Southampton, I think I could have had a completely different path, a different trajectory. I would have eventually achieved, but probably it would have taken much more longer time compared to what I have achieved in the last 10, 12 years post my graduation. I think that's the difference that uh, the UK qualification does grip. So that entire experience, being with that networking, people, you know, celebrating. This is the first time I've ever celebrated or saw uh, the Chinese New Year being celebrated, you know, watching the match at Rice Bowl, uh, the Rose Bowl, uh, cricket match between India and England, you know, cheering for India when you have surrounded by English people all around you. <laughs> I, I think that, that's, uh, we lost the match, by the way. So. <laughs> it was a different experience altogether. So a lot of, I think I can go on and go on and talk about my experience at Southampton, but uh, I would give a lot of credit to what it is today uh, because of my journey with Southampton. You recently had success with uh, the British Council Awards. Do you want to talk us a little bit through that experience? Well, yes. I've been really uh, honoured. I think I was able to contribute uh, with the British Council. They had announced the UK Alumni Award, both at the national level in India and uh, global level. I was uh, chosen as one of the finalists for the uh, both Indian uh, level as well as the global level. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I did miss the uh, chance to celebrate the winning on the final round. Uh, but this has been uh, phenomenal uh, that, you know, I could uh, emerge as one of the finalists amongst, uh, you know, hundreds and thousands of uh, people who had applied for this award. It's just a great. I had applied in the category of business innovation and uh, uh, applications. So that's been fantastic for me in terms of the journey. And that's like, I don't think, everyone listening will understand like that's such an amazing achievement because like you say there's hundreds of thousands of applications it's a really prestigious award like what was the experience of you know going through that like like having to go through the different rounds and and did you ever think when you first started the business that that is something that you would achieve oh no I mean I was encouraged to apply uh, by Josie and I think uh, you know that really uh, helped me in terms of putting my thoughts together because it's been about 10 to 12 years and it was easy for me to go through the process because I've lived through this journey I didn't really had to make up uh, certain things or you know achievements or something uh, but it was very clear trajectory uh, very clear influence of the UK uh, university which is uh, for anybody to see 
and uh, acknowledge that the entire experience was very transparent was very coherent i think uh, they had fantastic uh, class uh, classification in terms of the awards there was a lot of transparency in terms of you know what are the criteria that you'd be evaluated upon just upon but obviously you're pitted at a global finalist level when you're pitted at some of the best brains and best minds working across the world the challenge definitely is much more high but it's been a phenomenal experience just Uh, see uh, see when you're so busy with the work right i mean you fail to acknowledge the progress which others have made and i think one significant learning for me was to was a very humbling journey just to know that there are so many more people right who have contributed so much more to the society uh, companies business or nation or uh, worldwide right i mean it's been a phenomenal experience uh because i think i think the entire journey was very humbling uh, just to acknowledge that there are so much more people who are contributing in a varied different phase in art music uh, business and all the other uh, fields right it's been a phenomenal journey just talking and listening to all of those achievements as well so what does the future look like for 21k where where do you want to go what do you want to do what's the plan Oh yeah I mean I've told my founders also clearly that one day we need to set up an office at London as well we've started with <laughs> an office in uh Singapore I want to stay closer to my university as well and I think that's definitely on our plans uh, we've already speaking to people in uh, London to set up an office there but I think uh, what we really want to do is that there are two levels one from the business perspective we would want to grow to about a million students in about 5 years time uh we are raising funds we've already uh, an invested company mr ronnie scruvala has invested 5 million dollars last year and currently we are looking at raising 20 million dollars uh we are already speaking to the investors across the world and uh, eventually i think this will give us more gunpowder in terms of you know being able to expand across the country today when i see that we are getting a lot of uh, students coming in from africa middle east uh, southeast asia and also because of the cost of arbitrage in terms of the you know the cost of educating in a private school uh, in even in uk or some of the uh, european and american continents as well i think our cost is phenomenally high it's almost like one fifth of the cost for much better transparent quality of education and that is what is attracting people to this because see if you look at uh, from a child's perspective right i mean every child is different i mean if my entire earning is going to go just to go into in terms of private schooling i would not have enough resources to commit for his other aspects right it could be about music sports arts or you know just travel around the world and that is what the parents are really looking at that you know can we save on the cost of education and build a better experience a different experience for my uh, kids and that is what is uh, getting people interested into online schooling as a whole and i think we see that uh, this will definitely going to transform second is that uh, you know right now we are already speaking to a government which we are offering online schooling to the refugees coming out of ukraine for example uh, so we've been in touch with couple of countries at the ngo level government level to offer online schooling for those who uh, it's going to take a lot of lead time in terms of building infrastructure to build schools classrooms facilities right online schooling is the quickest possible uh, substitute for those education needs because the child's age is not going to stop for the time that you're going to build up a school so that's another perspective that we're looking at it i mean not purely from a commercial perspective but more in terms of contributing to the education uh, awareness uh, across the countries as well and third in general i think we also want to set up a credentials that uh, parents need to shift their focus on what schooling is all about 
schooling is not about physical campus not about swimming pools grounds and music and arts right it's ultimately it's about the learning outcome and uh, i think more in terms of personalized flexible learning options and uh, thankfully the parents who have been interacting with us are going back and asking different questions to the physical schools today and i can see that uh, you know it's it's going to be a long term journey but i think eventually we want to change that orientation and bring proper perspective to what uh, schooling is all about at times i really feel emily is that uh, you know we are putting too much of emphasis on the entire 16 years of schooling right that that is not the be all and end all of everything right this life has really uh, you know grown so much more there's so much more to experience learn and understand about life right uh, than just going by the books and the syllabus and the curriculum which the school provides that needs to be changed definitely i think that's that's so well said is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to talk about Yeah I want to share about couple of uh, experiences that uh, you know from the Southampton and how that has translated into the lifelong learning I think there are a couple of friends that whom we had met and connected right I mean even today we are all connected and one of the things that uh, you know my advice to the people aspiring to look at uh, studying in UK or abroad or going outside the country into the foreign university so to is to look beyond their own classmates right i mean i've seen a lot of students getting stuck in terms of you know being very focused in terms of what the academic has to offer and they miss enjoying the other aspects of what the university education is all about so i would encourage all the students to participate in the local events participate in uh, sports athletics or whatever uh, the university has to offer uh, to uh, network with the uh, students in the student residences or the hostels wherever they stay off i think one of the things which i really advise uh, students is to look at uh, staying in the university hostels rather than just taking an uh, you know apartment or shared uh, complex and staying with your same close network of friends right i mean it's important for you to come out of your comfort zone and network and build a relationship which will last for life long right i mean that is the true purpose of going abroad and uh, apart from the learning which should not be missed if you if you just decide to go with your friends stay with them throughout the year and then come back saying that okay i've got a uk qualification i think uk qualification would be incomplete without all the social cultural experiences that it has to offer What's your number one social cultural experience that you think everybody should have? Oh they should just mingle and uh, try different foods of different uh, cultures and societies. I think you know initially I was very uh, you know uh, drumstuck in terms of you know just going to the Indian restaurants in UK. And uh, so my wife had also accompanied me to UK, and then that's where we said, you know, let's challenge ourselves. Let's uh, go and explore different cuisines as well, right? I mean, I think we had a phenomenal time, not just tasting food, but also meeting different people because you would not find the same group of people with whom you would be more comfortable, right? And we got so much to learn about, for example, the Japanese culture, and you know the. Uh, just that understanding of the south korea north korea taiwan hong kong china but of all that aspects of it i think it's been phenomenal uh, for me in just times of you know to bump into people and meet them at different restaurants that's been a great experience as well amazing yeah it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for sharing your experiences it's genuinely so interesting hearing about 21k and wish it all the best of luck and success and i'm sure it's going to be fantastic but thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much Emily thank you for having me on this podcast
thank you so much again to Yesh for coming on to this week's episode of 360 Degrees. I think it's a fantastic start to the series. I hope you agree and I hope you really enjoyed listening to it. Don't forget to come back to us next month when we'll have another fantastic alumni story for you. Oh,